Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Mikhail Ukorep from Twinzo, who's the CEO. Hi, how are you doing? Thank you, thank you. Hello, everyone. Thank you for being here. Yeah, so, sorry about the pronunciation. My um, my pronunciation of your surname probably didn't do it much much justice, but hopefully I wasn't uh, too far away. <laughs> no, no problem. We are doing business worldwide, so when people ask me about the pronunciation, I'm Mikkel, Mikkel, Mitchell, Michel, Mick, Mike, Mick, all good. Good. No, no worries with that. Good. So let's find out a bit about you first. So I said you're the CEO at Twinzo. We'll come on to Twinzo in a second because that's going to be the kind of bulk of this uh, podcast. But tell us a little about yourself, your career background. Yeah, so I, I'm by by nature an entrepreneur. Uh, I was never employed. So I started uh, doing business uh, during my high school and I founded the proper company after the university. And Twinzo is actually my, my second business because the, the first one, and this is still running, but I'm not there as CEO anymore, is called Infotech. They provide custom software development. And Twinzo is actually a spin-off from, from Infotech because we wanted to do something more product-based, something something new. And the 3D Live Digital Twin seemed to be the right option. And now it seems that we that we hit the market. Excellent. And it, Twins are something that I, I find amazing. And we're going to get into the detail and we'll put the link to the website on the show notes so people can have a look and have a play. But it's described as a digital twin. So do you want to tell us a, a bit more about how you got to founding Twinzo, what made you do it, and what the purpose of a digital twin is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the definition is, is quite um, open or unclear because um, it, it depends whom do you ask what the digital twin is because if someone is doing simulations, for them a digital twin is a simulation of some kind of process. If uh, you ask people from the construction business, for them, it's it's a BIM model, building information management. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you ask a product designer, the model of the product or the future product is the digital twin. So it's, it's quite foggy, uh, but for us, or we are active in the field of so-called 3D live digital twins. So I have the 3D... Imp- 3D representation of something. In our case, mainly it's a manufacturing facility and we are bringing the live data to this 3D model. So we create, we call it a spatially oriented data set. Excellent. So for for those that are listening, and if if you click on the link in the show notes, you'll see that if you think of a factory, I think there's a factory example on there, isn't there? There's an airport example, there's all sorts of things. But an, an amazingly crafted 3D model that you can zoom in and, and move around, then you're kind of not far off. And it, it's a carbon copy of the physical environment. So all the offices, all the space, all the car parks, all the, all the other bits. So that, that looks really neat. Uh, and people will say, brilliant, so what? But there's loads of stuff that you're doing within that 3D model to help organizations to track, isn't there? So do you want to touch on a few of those? I think we, we talked about machinery, people, heat maps as a start point. Yeah, uh, typically we start with the logistics. Uh, what wasn't expected at the very beginning, 
because someone would expect that uh, all these large businesses, because we are talking about businesses with, with uh, tens of billions of euros turnover, that they have all the data because they have to they have fine-tuned everything in the process, but the reality is uh, <laughs> more more complex and more complicated. Mm-hmm. And and the the mostly used integration tool in these companies is Microsoft Excel. Yeah. And when they want to bring the visibility the visibility of those data sources to another level, they have to use something else. And they can use some kind of of data lakes or Power BI or this type of tools. However, this data can be understood by people who work in at that specific plant. But if you take, for example, I don't know, Magna, Magna has 350 plants all around the world, and the central teams team also needs to see how the premise looks like. It's not just about the data, is the production running or not, but they want to see also the the layout. And I mean, the layout is the high building, small building, uh, there are multiple buildings. So, so this is, this, be, this became crucial for them. See also the premise, not just the data. And, and within the model, you can track things, can't you? So if things are enabled and connected to the internet, so machines, whether they're on and off, uh, where forklift trucks are moving. So th- there's that ability to visualize how things are actually operating in the environment as well. Exactly. Because when you imagine that you have a plant having, let's say, 50,000 square meters and you have 50 vehicles in the plant, there is no way. Plus, they work on three or four shifts. There is no way how to measure the performance or to see where they operate without this kind of technology. Because all these vehicles, they can provide you with information about the usage. So you see, aha, at that hour it was used by 17 minutes and at that hour it was uh, 53 minutes, okay. But the the logistics managers don't know where the guy spent the time. And often, just when, when the engine is started, it says it operates. But does the started engine means that it's operating? Not. So they need to get to to, to, to deeper or better level of of visualization and the and the spatial dimension brings it to another level because they can begin to ask questions like, "What did you do here for twenty minutes?" And they immediately realize, for example, that. They have processes they didn't think about in the planning and similar. Yeah, and I, th- I think some of the other things in your visualization, so you've got the heat maps, haven't you? So you can visualize where things have traveled, where the hotspots are, which then helps with layout or um, kind of placement of equipment or deliveries in and out. And again, our, our world's more retail, but that would be massively helpful in terms of understanding the utilization or of your coffee shop or your retail store in terms of how things flow to and from the the warehouse so lots of visuals to help enhance that flow layout uh, the journey the optimization yeah the funny thing is that also from other businesses are 
companies coming. When you mentioned uh, coffee shops, for example, we have a use case. They have 1,100 small sites, and they don't know how the site looks like. They don't know if it's inside or outside. And if they want to to understand also the behavior of, of uh, the, the visitors or guests or customers, how the site or what's the what's the look of the site is quite quite crucial. Yeah. So we can bring this analysis to another level. Excellent. And I'm sure people will be listening thinking, oh, that sounds really complex to set up and I've not got 3D images or drawings of my locations. So how how do you set it up and what do you need to have in place? Yeah, this is definitely the most uh, terrifying question uh, people have. Ah, oh, you know, we have, but we don't have this 3D model. Yes, we know that you don't have it. However, now, especially, let's say, last 18 months, this technology has evolved into absolutely new, new, new level because besides the LiDAR scanner you have in the in all the new iPhones, so you can scan for free uh, small premises, let's say up to 400 square meters, now there are technologies where you can create a 3D model from a video. Last week, Hexagon in Vegas announced their technology. You just upload the video, pam pam, and you get the 3D model. So this is not that much uh, complicated as people tend to think. So the 3D stuff is actually not the most complex thing. The most complex thing seems to be the internal bureaucracy of these large corporations and to get access to to their data sources not the free stuff yeah i've got i think i've got an iphone 14 it's not the latest one and i i was in conversation we've had before i've downloaded one of the lidar apps and you can kind of scan your living room and it creates a 3d model that's got all your pictures on the wall and you can move move it around so yeah it, it seems to be relatively accessible um and relatively easy to do actually i was i was quite surprised yeah, yeah. And this is just the beginning because if you consider that you can do it, let's say in a year, it, it might be a new standard that you create, however, in whatever quality, a video, and you can create the freedom from the video just by uploading to the cloud. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure with all the enhancements in chat GPT and AI and all those bits, yeah, it's going to be on that, on that trajectory, isn't it? Of it will evolve very very quickly over a short period of time where then it just becomes something that we're we're used to doing or used to seeing or expect to have yep yeah it's definitely the the ai is changing everything it will be even stronger so also we are curious uh where this will so to speak end let's see Yep. Well, ho- hopefully the machines don't take over. I think that's the worry. Um, but I'm, I'm sure it won't turn into the Terminator film. Well, let, let's hope not. Um, so clearly there's a massive benefit in having it in 3D because you can move things around and you can you can dive in and out and you can tag things, tag rooms, tag machines. I think that there's also an element of kind of energy as well, isn't there? So being able to see for large or, or I suppose any uh, environment with the right connections when um, heaters are on when doors are open, kind of shutter doors are open and all that kind of stuff so there's an an environmental or cost angle as well absolutely because the issue in these large corporations is the diversity of their information systems 
because when I have, let's say, a production line, this one production line was provided by a supplier 10 years ago. Next to it is a new production line delivered last year. And I have a third system measuring the energy consumption. It's 20 years old. And now, how to get all these data sources under one roof? It's quite complicated because one supplier maybe doesn't exist anymore and, and another company overtook his uh, the maintenance of the production line. One is based on Siemens, the second one is based on something else. Uh, Beckhoff, the, the energy uh, measurements are from, I don't know, Schneider. And if you want to integrate these data sources in, in a typical information system, is a problem. And we discovered that this is a huge opportunity for companies like ours. That, aha, for us, it's just timestamp, ID, X, Y, Z, value, bum, and ciao. And we can say, okay, please show me this, 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 and this data point at this place and the, 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 the data point at that place. So I can see in the production line at the same time, the output, energy consumption, water consumption, how many operators are operating there, because these four information are for me the most crucial. And uh, I'm not limited to see just one data source because I am just having the data from that one. No, no, no. I can see from all possible places the data. And from a kind of current point of view, clearly energy energy costs around the world are massively high. So it gives you good visibility of where there's opportunity to save, where there's waste going on. So, yeah, one of, one of those stats that I'm sure every organization is really conscious of is energy consumption and energy waste. Yeah, because the, the typical mistake or misunderstanding which happens is that the operators come in the morning shift uh, into the plant, and what do they do? They start all the machines because they are going to work. No one told them that, guys, we are starting today two hours later because something happened. You don't have the material, for example, and for two hours you have nothing to do. But the machines are running for two hours and eating kilowatts and kilowatts of energy for nothing. Yeah. Or you've got the heating on and you've got the warehouse doors open and you're just yes. heating the outside. So, yeah. Exactly. Lots of environmental impact as well is good. So, I mean, I I don't think we've done this justice by chatting. So I really would urge people to have a look at the website to see those visuals. You can download the um, app in iOS or Google Play or download to Windows. And there's some kind of free environments that you can have a play with. And I, you know, I'm amazed by it. And uh, I think it's it's got massive potential as the technology, as we said, moves on and gets smarter as well. If people want to find out more or or have questions for you, where's the best place for them to find you? If they want to speak especially and directly to me, LinkedIn is the is the best place uh, to approach me, either directly or via Twinzo. And uh, if uh, if your listeners would like to, to to play with the app, just seek to the. Uh, App Store or Google Play Stick Twinzo with Digital Twin. There is a showcase demo zone without login, without nothing. You can play with different use cases from construction, manufacturing, hospitals, uh, airport, seaport, 
uh, all possible use cases to, to play, and then LinkedIn is the right place, or the website, twinzo.eu. Brilliant, and I'll put the link to your LinkedIn profile in, in the show notes as well, so people can find you. I really appreciate your time. Uh, fantastic chat. As I say, you've got to see it. I don't think we do it justice by talking about it, but appreciate your time for coming on and we'll catch up soon. Simon, thank you so much for the invitation. It was a pleasure to be here. All the best to all of you.